Well, look at that. It is Friday night. It is a bit later, 10 past nine, noodling around with some uh, technological stuff. But here we are. It's a beautiful, cold kind of Monday night. Let's drink some beers. Because that's what we do on Monday nights. But I would be remiss if the very first thing, oh, I'm getting verklempt just thinking about it. <clears throat> if the very first thing I said wasn't to wish my beloved daughter, Grace, a very happy ninth birthday. She turned nine today. Oh, what a little firecracker. What a kid. So smart. So funny. Troublesome sometimes because she's so smart and funny, but just a joy and a delight. And we love her to the moon and back. So happy birthday, Dixie. Anyway, that's not why we're here, but you got it anyway. Why we're here is to drink this bad boy. That is 10 Cent Beer Night, double IPA from Left Field Brewery. God bless them. I was just by the brewery today. I even got to physically go in the door, which anybody can do. That wasn't just because it was me. It's like, you can do that too. Uh, mask on, limit of three people. Let's be responsible, guys. But uh, you could do it too, and I would encourage you to. And in case you need some convincing, well, what the heck? Let's do it right now. Got a fancy schmancy IPA glass. Got to get it into the frame. Here we go. And this is a hazy boy, just to warn you right now. If you don't like your beer borderline orange juice in consistency, you might not like this. Carbonated, of course, and no pulp. But I like pulp in my orange juice. How do you guys feel about pulp in your orange juice? Me? I love it. I think it's the best. I like extra pulp. I want a solid two fingers of pulp rafted on the top of my orange juice. But that's just me. Your mileage may vary. Hey, uh, so what's up with the 10 cent beer night from left field? Well, like I said, it is opaque. Um, it's definitely yellowish, kind of tending to orange in the middle, um, but just completely hazy. Not chunky. No chunks that I can see, but hazy as for sure. Uh, Mmm, very fruity. Pineapple-y, maybe? On the nose? Yeah, very tropical. Pineapple, maybe maybe some mango. People always say guava. I don't get any guava in this, if I'm honest with you, but I don't often get guava in beers that people tell me guava is supposed to be in. Mmm, Clementine, though, like really sweet orangey taste or smell. I haven't tasted it yet. I have. I've had it, but not not this sip anyway. And maybe a little floral. It's interesting. It's very hoppy, obviously. This is a, a, a double IPA. So let's get it in me. Mmm. Such an incredible mouthfeel on that. Um, it's not heavy, but it's weighty, if that makes sense. There's like a nice density to it without it being like thick. Um, very smooth, probably oats. You know how I feel about oats. You stick oats in a beer, I'm going to be a happy camper. Um, yeah, still very tropical. Uh, hey, George, very tropical. Um, it, it takes on an almost tartness. It's not a sour IPA. It's not being soured. But sometimes enough hops can give you the perception of almost sourness, um, especially when they are very fruity, tropical-y kind of hops. That can, that can be a natural thing that comes out of it. And this one, yeah, like you're getting hints of sort of, I don't want to be a total douchebag, but I'm about to be, so 
you were warned. Um, definitely some pineapple in there, but also like not just mango, but green mango. Um, green mango being, there's a misconception that green mangoes are just unripe mangoes. They are, but they're a specific type of unripe mango. Like the Hayden mangoes, which are the ones most people eat, which are um, the kind of red and green ones on the outside. Uh, they're quite big. They are not what you get when you get a green mango. Um, nor are they altufos, which are the ones that we typically get. Smaller, they're generally yellow or sort of golden in color. Um, Green mangoes are closer related to that type, but it's a different type as well. Anyway, green mangoes very tart. Um, this isn't that tart, but there's a sourness that's uh, sort of um, reminiscent, let's say, of, of a bit of green mango. It's a bit piney almost too on the palate. Don't really, I don't really notice too much on the nose, but a little piney or a little evergreeny. Thinking about those malts. Get grass at left field. They don't mess around. There's something nice in there. It's it's mostly hops, though. Um, there's just a touch of a multi sweetness to it uh, that you can go looking for. And clearly it's in balance because this beer is not aggressively hopped. I was drinking a, a double IPA the other day and I enjoyed it. But it was not as well executed, I think, is how I would describe it. I'm not going to say who because, you know, they're doing good things for the most part. This one was just maybe not the... Not the peak of their offerings, let's say, but it was a tasty beer. Um, but since they have demoed uh, Laser Show, Leftfield's shown a real ability to really manage uh, how to do big hoppy beers. Uh, and this kind of goes before, I mean, it wasn't before the existence of New England's, but uh, um, they certainly weren't popular in Ontario. Um, but Laser Show never drank hot, never drank like difficult. Uh, it was always just, uh, you know, really well balanced, hoppy, but uh, um, approachable in a way. Um, and that's same with Tencent Beer Night. Uh, now it's a little bit lighter. I haven't looked at the can too much, but I did glance over. It's 7.8%. I think Laser's eight or eight and a half. Um, so it's a bit less than that. I'm getting all sorts of action here on my, uh, my Instagram. Oh, <laughs> hey, George. Looks like George tried to jump in on this call. We should do that sometime, buddy. I'm going to message you because that would be a ton of fun. Um, but, uh, oh, and Eric is here now too. Oh, look at this. It's all happening while I'm talking. That's always how it goes. Um, what was I saying about this? It's really nice. Uh, quite a bit of tropical, bit of pine, amazingly imbalanced. It's not aggressively hoppy. It's not getting sticky. Again, not sour. Um, there's a bit of a sourness to the hop, but it isn't like sour feeling. Um, but a bit of tartness from the hop almost. And, uh, and then a really interesting, pretty chill uh, finish, if I'm honest, um, because it, uh, it's not tannic, it's not sticky, it's not resinous-y. Uh, <laughs> George has asked to be in the video. Not this time, buddy. Soon. Because I got to figure out how to feed it to the other places, too. If we did it right now, only Instagram would get it. So, um, but uh, I'm getting all discombobulated tonight. I'm, I'm, like a, I'm like a kid with a toy. I just can't pay attention to anything. Um, yeah, see, I've totally lost my train, but that's okay. It is delightful, and it's it's approachable for a double IPA, which is fantastic. Um, and again, I was saying it at the, off the get-go, but I want to mention it again. The kind of creaminess of the mouthfeel is just delightful. And the carbonation is pretty good. It uh, It's not um, prickly. It's just lightly carbonated, just enough to keep it from being from well from being too weighty i suppose um but very gently carbonated i would say it's funny because 
I've drank IPAs that because they weren't as um, well well made is what it comes down to. That there isn't as much balance. They appear to be a kind of a bigger to use you know air quotes um, a bigger beer than this. But this is like danger juice because again, seven point eight percent, nice creamy mouthfeel, you know, gentle carbonation, interesting flavors, but nothing that's sending alarm bells going, hey, hey, hey. You're gonna need to take it easy with this beer. This one could get you, could land you into some trouble if you're not careful. Um, this is beautiful. Now I've had this, they've made it before. I'm not sure which run this is, second, third, maybe even fourth. I don't know. I don't pay that much attention. Um, I, I had some today because I picked it up today and I'm impatient. Uh, and uh, uh, but I've had it in the past as well. Um, and I mean, it's hard to say remembering four or five months or whatever it was ago, trying to compare now to then. Um, but I know for a fact I was speaking to Kevin, who's a, a good dude at uh, left field, and he was saying they in particular thought, oh, yeah, this one was this is a real, real special batch. So um, this is available right now at left field. Um, you can order it online. I think they're doing I, I'm, I kind of keep track with who's doing what I know they're doing pickup because that's how I got mine. You can also walk in and buy. Um, they're also doing. Uh, I think they do do provincial, I'm pretty sure, delivery as well. So anywhere in Ontario, you can get this. Go online, leftfieldbrewery.com or .ca, one of the two. You'll find it. It's not hard to find. Um, and uh, and you can pick it up. And they got a ton of other really neat stuff in there. Today, I was going easy. I didn't want a lot because, I, as I've told you guys before, I tend not to drink Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I didn't want beer sitting around necessarily, but I needed a couple of things. Um, so I got a couple of these, and I got a couple of the, the ice-cold beer. Which, uh, here, let me get it, actually. Uh, we won't drink it right now, but uh, that's this guy, if you're watching the video. Ice cold beer. This is a cracker. Just a just a straight-up lager. It's real nice. Uh, cold and yellow, the way I like it. Um, what are we going to eat? Well, it's interesting. They said on the can, I have looked that far now, I was glancing. Um, they say Polish boy sausage. Now, I don't know if that's a sausage that's made out of Polish boys or if it's a sausage for Polish boys, or if it's just a funny name. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, again, that whole idea with sausages, right? Very fatty, um, with a lot of, um, often a lot of, of, of complicated flavors going on. If it's spiced or, uh, you know, especially if it's, if you're eating more like charcuterie and it might have some fermentation of its own, stuff like that. Um, so that could work. Definitely a fatty, nice grilled sausage, maybe some sauerkraut on there. That'd be nice. Um, this one, you know, we always talk about IPAs going spicy, and then often I end up not doing that, which is fine, because it's good to have that in your back pocket, but then also be able to kind of do whatever you want. Um, this one, I think, is really looking for fruit. I don't know what. I don't know what, but it's looking for fruit. What was it we said last week I stumbled on? Was the... Uh, is it pad thai or something like that? Or no, it was green mango salad. This actually probably, I mean, it would go okay. Green mango. I've said it tastes of green mango. Um, but I think you would lose stuff, actually. I think the green mango salad would knock out a lot of the things that you would typically want to try and amplify in this beer. Um, oh, hey, I forgot to unplug my fridge, as always. Um, so don't think that's the way to go. You could do it. Don't stop me. Don't let me, I mean, stop you. 
have your green mango salad. This would work really well with a lot of like Thai or Indonesian food. Um, it'd be it'd be really nice, tropical, but with a bit of um, balls to keep up with spiciness. So that could work really well. Um, but what what we should have with it something completely different. We talk about I talk about Thai food all the time. Siamese, if you prefer, but don't. It just call it Thai. This would go really good as like a dessert with some sort of a tart, perhaps a lemon or a lime tart. Um, and so, you know, when I'm talking about a tart, not, sometimes I worry people don't know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, you can get them quite small, like cupcake sized tarts. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a pie. Um, so it's a short crust. It's not a flaky crust. Um, very steep sided pan. And normally very thin, sort of one and a half centimeters, sort of tall at most, quite thin. And it's a uh, it's like a custard based um, custard based dessert. And then you'll make it with whatever you want to put in. And that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna play some games with this. Is if you're making your tart, you can you can go to the shop. Well, I don't know the shop, but a shop, and buy like a lemon tart. That's a totally normal thing. Lime for sure, um, totally normal. But you can make it. And, you know, everyone's baking right now because of all the COVID and all that. For some reason, that's how we did it. Uh, we all started to learn to bake. Make yourself a tart. Short pastry is really easy to work with. It's really forgiving. You can make it in a pie pan. Like, you don't need a tart shell, necessarily. If you've got one, you're extra cool. This guy. But you don't need it. Um, so make your tart, but make it with pineapple. Maybe, uh, like, a pineapple lime that'd be pretty good. And that would be magical with this. You could have, you could share a can between two people and just pour it in a wine glass and have it as a dessert beer. That would be an, a very unexpected, uh, or, you know, that'd be really nice mid afternoon. I mean, I know it's kind of cold and blowy out now, so we're not feeling like sitting in the garden and that, but you know, when you would normally sit down with like, uh, you know, a cup of coffee and some lemon madeleine or like a cup of tea with some biscuits or something, you could have a glass of this with your pineapple tart. I think it'd be delicious. That's where I'm going with that. Also, uh, the tarts, uh, because as I mentioned, it's a curd or like a custard base. They're quite, um, dense and rich, right? There's a lot of egg and dairy. Oh, egg and dairy. Oh, for three days when I act like a vegan, that really breaks my heart that I don't eat that stuff. Um, but so you need something that can hold up against that fat. So here we've got the carbonation, a uh, little bit of a sourness from the hop, and also quite a uh, quite a bit of bitterness. Again, it's not a very bitter beer, but it's a double IPA. Like, we're not messing around. Um, I think that would work really well. So complimentary and juxtaposition, whole package. I think that would be really cool. So that's what you should have. Figure yourself out making a pineapple tart. And then, uh, and then have that. Alternatively, lemon meringue pie. Um, might be a little too lemony for this, if we're honest, or key lime pie. That'd work too. Um, but I think if you could... Tarts tend to be a little bit less aggressively tart, which is funny to say it that way, right? Oh, English, you crazy language. Uh, you don't want to go crazy sour, is my point. Um, you, you don't want to cover up what, a lot of what's going on with this beer with a lot of uh, sourness. So something a little bit more approachable. But key lime pie, that could work really well. Gosh, I love a key lime pie. Not my favorite pie. What's my favorite pie? Thanks for asking, pumpkin. Followed closely by pecan, then key lime, and lemon meringue. Lemon meringue and key lime are very different pies, but they're kind of, they're like, uh, they're like, they're like twins that were separated at birth. No, because they, they don't really look similar. They're like cousins who were raised together. 
Maybe that's more like what they're like. Anyway, uh, that's what we're having with this. Fantastic beer, 10 cent beer night. In a second, once I've had a drink, I'm going to tell you about this beer, why it's called that. I don't know all the details, but I know enough of them. And then I'm going to tell you some sad news, but there will be a fun story in which I embarrass myself. So we're all having fun with that. But let me just have a sip of this beer. Because mm, it is good. So uh, 10 cent beer night doesn't even say on the can. Um, but it's a famous baseball story. Most people, apparently, who know anything about baseball know about this story. Um, years and years and years ago, because you can't sell a beer for 10 cents anymore. That's not sensible. So at some point, I don't know, the 70s or something like that, um, a, a baseball team offered 10-cent beer night, which, so it wasn't like, actually, it probably wasn't that long ago, now that I think about it, because in like the 60s, beer was like five cents a glass anyway. So it needed to be interesting. But the point was it was way too cheap. Everybody got completely wasted. There was like brawls in the stands, stuff getting thrown on the field. It was a disaster. And it's, I think, one of like four or five games that were actually forfeited. So the home team had to forfeit because their fans had gotten so intoxicated, uh, which is kind of charming. Not really, but it's a fun story, and it's a great name for a beer, especially a beer that's 7.8% and that you could probably get three or four down you before you noticed. So, good story. Um, does remind me, should we... I'm going to tell you the bad news, and then I'll tell you about why this reminds me and that the bad news fits in. So, you know, if you've been listening to this for a while, I talk a lot about rugby um, because I'm fairly one-dimensional. Am I, they're talking about beer, rugby, or fishing. That's I guess, that's not three-dimensional. It's one. We'll go with one. Um, and, of course, we have been blessed in Toronto to have two uh, professional rugby teams from two different codes, league and union. Um, so if you don't follow super closely, they're both rugby, but they're two kind of different ways of playing it. I often tell people it's a little bit like NFL and CFL, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Um, it's almost more like American football versus like Australian football. But anyway, very similar. If you don't know anything about it, completely different if you know a lot. Um, anyway, our union team is the Toronto Arrows. Fantastic team. Um, lovely group of people. Really interesting to hang out with. Uh, and they're really, really passionate about rugby and, and uh, supporting the local clubs like mine, which we are very thankful for. Um, the other team, uh, I now have to use the past tense, was the Toronto Wolfpack. Uh, they're the first. They came in a, a year before the Arrows. Uh, and they played in the, uh, the Arrows play in the MLR, which is Major League Rugby in North America. Um, Wolfpack played in um, the English uh, Rugby League league. So you need to understand Rugby League is the sport. And then they're in a league of Rugby League. See? Weird. Anyway. Uh, and they started in the lowest division promoted to the next and then promoted to the super league this year as, as a lot of European um, club sports do you have promotion between uh, and, and, and uh, relegation between uh, uh, groups. Unfortunately, the Wolfpack was amazing and, and so much fun to be part of. Um, we were season ticket holders from like the opening day. Uh, but part of the reason why, I mean, it was good quality sport. The athletes were amazing. The staff were passionate and cool. But the biggest reason is that they were bankrolled by an Australian mining uh, billionaire um, who would just throw money around the club. Uh, last year, they signed Sonny Bill Williams, who's arguably one of the most famous uh, rugby players in any code. Uh, but he was playing union for the most part. Um, but he'd started playing league. And they signed him back to play two years in Toronto for... Uh, 
10 million or 20 million dollars like crazy there are teams in super league whose yearly player budget is probably around that and we were spending it on one guy worth it would have been worth it uh but then with the whole covid thing um as happens to rich guys sometimes all of his investments tanked uh, and suddenly uh, the owner found himself with not nearly enough money and with no games to play because of the lockdown and no gate revenue, no revenue at all, uh, the team very quickly became insolvent. And there was some back and forth and there was a consortium that was going to buy them, but it was contingent on being allowed to participate in Super League next year, um, which they weren't going to be able to do this year because of all the COVID restrictions and also because they were broke. But even if they had all the money in the world, they probably wouldn't have been able to play. Um, but the other owners of every other Super League team had to agree. And they said, no, so we're out. And that means the group isn't buying the team, which means that I think the team just folds, goes bankrupt. Um, a lot of players and staff are going to lose a lot of money, unfortunately. Uh, I'm probably going to lose a bit of money because I don't think we're getting a refund on our season's tickets this year. Um, and it sucks. Uh, that part sucks, but that's not the end of the world. The really sad thing is a lot of people had invested a lot of time and energy into this really cool team. Um, and it's just gone. And what's really unfortunate is it's gone on the back of really poor vision on the part of Super League. Um, it, if you don't know rugby very well, it, it might, I don't know, not make a lot of sense or might be confusing, but rugby league is considered sort of a working man's game, uh, working person's game, but they would say men. Um, it's, it's played predominantly in the northern part of England, um, not so much in Scotland and Ireland and Wales. They play it for sure, but in um, the other home nations, rugby union's a much more prevalent sport. But if you go up the M62 in northern England, Manchester, Salford, uh, you know, Leeds, huge, huge rugby league town, um, that whole area in the northern part of England, uh, which was historically very working class, a lot of factories, a lot of mines, um, was where rugby league grew up and, and where it's been played for, for well, not ever, because it's only like 200 years old, but, um, you know, since the beginning. Um, and they're very protective of it, but part of that means that they have no vision to grow it. <laughs> uh, so they were, there was never much support for a non-English team uh, to begin with, and then especially not a team from Canada, and especially not a team from Canada with an Australian owner with more money than the entire Super League, until he went bust. Uh, as an aside, uh, people think that Australia is all about um, Aussie rules football, that's the big sport down there. No, it's not actually. Rugby League is the most popular sport in Australia, which is why the uh, owner wanted to, to try and gain popularity in other countries. Um, the NRL is the far and away biggest sport uh, franchise playing thing in, in Australia. Um, but Super League has no time for any of that. Uh, if you're not Northern English, not a good old boy, smash him high! If you can't take body, take ball, all that sort of stuff. Um, and so we're out and that's really unfortunate. And uh, I'm still kind of coming to terms with what next summer is going to feel like if there isn't a lockdown, but I also don't get to go to Wolfpack games because we really enjoyed them. We'll go to the Arrows games. We're season ticket holders there too. But uh, man, I'll miss the Wolfpack. The reason why this beer reminds me of Wolfpack is because last year uh, when they were in the championship, which is the second division which is weird um they famously uh started uh this this amazing uh culture of having craft beer 
at the at the stadium at Lamport. And by saying craft beer, I don't mean that they have some, but you know, Budweiser's the predominant. There's no mainline brands available. Uh, you can get Henderson, you can get Lost Craft. You know, uh, uh, you can get Amsterdam's there, Left Field's there sometimes, um, Muddy York, Godspeed's there sometimes. Um, just great craft beer. And then they also have Meantime out of the UK, which is kind of cool. Um, I think they had Brewdog in one time. But the, the key is you'll buy your cans of beer at the concession or from the, the people in the stands with the bags. But the whole north end of the, the field, just north of the, the end zone, it's a beer garden. And the brewers got to come in with their tents and their setups and, and serve the beer right there. So they had an opportunity to, to actually do, not like a festival, but like have interactions with fans, which is great. And uh, it was run by a group, I think, called Craft Brand Co. or Craft Beer Guys or something like that. And uh, so they, they managed sort of a lot of the... It wasn't like the breweries were just selling their own beer. It was, it was they were bringing product and... The, the company that was the liaison was managing that aspect of it. And so they decided to do a two for one beer day. <laughs> it was two for one beers in the beer garden until kickoff. Cause the beer garden opens like an hour before kickoff and it stays open like two hours after. Um, so you could get any beer you wanted two for one up until kickoff. So I got through four pints of bone shaker in 40 minutes and I was a mess. <laughs> Uh, the, the week before or two weeks before, uh, tech savvy, who's one of the key sponsors or had been one of the key sponsors had brought in, um, plastic vuvuzelas. Are you familiar with the vuvuzela? I might have one here. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Hang on one second. So if you're watching on the video, this is a vuvuzela. They were, they were made popular, um, at the world cup of soccer, football world cup. In, uh, in South Africa, That's, these are very popular in South Africa. So if, you, if you're not watching, vuvuzelas are about a meter long uh, plastic, very cheap plastic uh, horn. Just, it's just a straight horn. Bells at one end, it's got a mouthpiece on the other. Sounds a bit like this. But you do that really loud. And um, I mean, especially if you've ever seen a football match or they're not as prevalent at rugby in South America or South Africa, but um, certainly in South African sport, you'll see a, a, a 60,000 seat stadium and 80% of the people have vuvuzelas and are blowing them. And it's just like this drone of sound. Uh, anyway, Tech Savvy gave those up and uh, really annoyed a lot of people, really pleased some people like me. So anyway, that day I'd had my, my four bone shakers. <laughs> And uh, I was sitting with a friend uh, and his family, and he's actually um, not just a police officer, but he's emergency task force. So as he likes to describe it, they're the pointy end of the spear. Um, you don't have to worry about much when you're hanging out with them, uh, which is a nice feeling. And uh, so sitting, like just not ruined drunk, but very drunk. And uh, we had our vuvuzelas. I had mine. Both of my kids had theirs and sort of blowing our vuvuzelas and laughing and having a time. And this guy sitting ahead of us, I don't know if, I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. He, uh, he really took umbrage with the vuvuzelas. And about eight minutes into the game, I hadn't actually blown mine, but I think my son had just as a, as a laugh, like picked his up and, like, and blow, blown on it. 
And the guy got all haughty and he turned around and he said something like, I'm trying to watch the game or something like that. So because I was looped, I took my Vuvuzela and put it like literally directly in his face. Like it might've actually been physically touching his face and blew it as hard as I physically could. (laughs) And then I proceeded to hold it about five centimeters behind his head and blow it until I got lightheaded. And then every time anything happened, I would stick it directly behind his head and blow it and blow it and blow it. And by about the 20th minute of the game, he'd moved, go figure. Uh, because I was being an absolute jackass. Um, Part of me wants to feel bad about that behavior, but most of me feels great about that behavior. So that's my story about my own 10 cent beer night. Um, No forfeiture was necessary that day. And uh, uh, one guy's day might not have been the most fun, but I had a ball and he had it coming, man. It's a rugby game. It's going to be loud. You don't like it, man. Watch it on TV. Anyway, uh, (laughs) That's a great message, by the way. So buy some of this left field beer. That is not behavior left field endorses at sporting matches. They are respectful. Mandy scores the game in the book with the pencil. Got me interested in that. Got Ben interested in that. So very respectful sport viewing at the left field brewery. But if you ever come to a rugby game with me, I don't know. You better hope I don't bring the Vuvuzela. Let's say that. Uh, So anyway... 10 cent beer night. I just dented the can. Left Field Brewery, available right now at the brewery. Delivery, local pickup, whatever you like. Uh, check it out. It's a real beauty. Uh, really, really nice stuff. And uh, nothing to speak of in terms of events because, of course, everything's getting shut down. But uh, if you got something coming down the pipe, enjoy it because there's not going to be a lot. And it's all our fault for being idiots. Um, other than that, shame about the Wolfpack, eh? What a heartbreak. But still got some Autumn Nations Cup rugby this uh, weekend, international stuff. So I think Wales is probably going to get trounced by Georgia. That'll be sad. Oh, hello. Someone's joined in late. Hello, Aaron. Uh, Sorry, you're joining in right at the end, but glad to have you even for a few minutes. Um, Yeah, so some good rugby on this weekend. That'll be nice. And uh, American Thanksgiving coming up. So if you're American, happy Thanksgiving. Good work on the election, guys got there in the end and other than that take care of each other i'm still sitting around the house doing a lot of nothing but i'm probably not going to jump on until next monday but oh that is something i should mention uh i will probably be doing a beer from sarnia ontario's own refined fool brewing not refined fool and sarnia that is i'm going to actually edit that in the uh in the real podcast because that's stupid Refined Fool in Sarnia is an amazing brewery and I love them. That is not who I'm getting beer from. I'm getting beer from Stormstade Brewing in London. And while they're geographically a little bit close to each other, like compared to Toronto, the reason why it confuses me is because the only time I've ever gone to Refined Fool, I went with my buddy Paul, who lives in London and actually works with Stormstate. So I was thinking about Paul and that just threw my brain. Anyway, I probably will leave that in now that I've explained all that. Stormstayed Brewing in London, who are magnificent, are they, they periodically on Thursdays will do out-of-area home delivery, um, but not like provincial delivery where they're using a company. And this Thursday, right, so uh, the 17, 18, 19th, 
they're doing a Toronto run and it's like postal codes between like M eight and M two, I think, or something, which is me. I'm M four. Um, so I've ordered some beers from them and they will be delivered on Thursday. And I would highly encourage you if you've never had the opportunity to try some of storm delicious beers, uh, Get on their website now. I think you need to have ordered it by Wednesday. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, not watching it live, jump on right now. It is, I believe it's stormstayedbrewery.com. I'm going to type it in right now and see. Storm. It's stormstayed.com. S-T-O-R-M-S-T-A-Y-E-D.com. Got some beautiful beers. I heard from a little birdie, a.k.a. Paul. He's really digging the hop forward stuff right now. So they have some other things in there. I'm not going to tell you not to get anything, but I will tell you he gave a nod to the hop forward stuff. So that's what I've picked up. And uh, that's going to get delivered. I'm going to hold on to at least one of them. And we will do a storm stayed beer next Monday after 9 p.m. As always. Until then, guys, order your beer from Stormstead. Order some from Left Field. Order some from your local brewery, or even better, if you have a bar nearby that's really hurting, but they're doing uh, uh, like takeout sales, buy beer from them. It's going to be more expensive, okay? Yes, you can get it cheaper from the LCBO, but if your choice is the LCBO or your friend's local bar, go with the bar if you can afford it. I know a lot of people are financially hurting right now, but if you got the pockets, that could be the difference between you getting to sit in that bar again sometime and not. So I would encourage you to do that. Uh, other than that, have a good week. Take care of each other. Don't blow your vuvuzelas into the backs of people's heads. And we will talk at you, you know, in, uh, in about seven days. <laughs>